Hello and welcome to For the Love of Beer podcast. I'm Phil Savory, joined in person, albeit socially distanced, by my good friend, Mark Carly Johnson. Good afternoon from two metres away and the to you. Oh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that, but I think you nailed that. Mm. We practised. Yeah, in great depth. Okay, we'll yeah, get to It's that. not an easy one to be seen. Okay, we'll get to that later. Okay, so we are, um, this is a, a long-awaited reunion. We've pretty much spent the entire series apart. Mm. Um, but here we are, back with two beers um, for you today off of our bucket list from 100 different countries. Um, we've got uh, our first beer, which I think we'll just get straight into, is... Um, probably Africa's, I don't know, is Africa's best known beer? Apparently probably one of the so, most prestigious. Yeah. Which is Tusker from Kenya. I think it's a beautiful looking bottle. It's nice. Um, quite iconic. Yeah. Um, there's an interesting story around how it was named, which I'll come to in a bit. But anyway, what we're drinking, we've only got one bottle because we had two. Where'd you buy them from? Um, I bought these from Budgeons in Brighton. Budgeons. Yes. Wow, that's a name. Absolutely hell of a find. Um, just stumbled on it when I was um, getting some food for the train home after the football. Um, and there it was, Tusker. And there was another one which escapes me what it was now. But this was just sitting there on the shelf. Fantastic. Couldn't believe my luck. Only it turns out the uh, best before end dates on the two bottles were vastly different. Vastly different. Yeah. This one is July 2020. And the other one was was it December or something yeah so we're splitting a bottle a 500ml bottle um, between is it 500ml or is it more it's 500 yeah yeah 4.2% um, this is this is Kenya's beer so I think without further ado do you want to crack it open yeah let's do and then um, if I just try and <laughs> stretch out and you can just pour that and save some for yourself obviously Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Fucking hell, I've got loads in. Have you? There we go. It's deceiving, isn't it? Great radio. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Right, first swig. You let me know your thoughts. We have had this once before, but a while back. Um, It's quite watery. Well, at 4.2%, it's not a particularly strong one. It's not. Then it doesn't taste strong either. No. Even, like, some weak beers... Have a quite strong taste, don't they? Well, this is not one of them, but it's all right. It's a nice summer beer. Nice summer beer. Unfortunately, we've had some really good weather in the last couple of weeks, but unfortunately, today we've had some really heavy showers. Yeah, so I mean, it's it was an absolute really... scorcho all the way up to a point where we finally got round to being able to do this recording, and yeah. it's just pissing down. Yeah, it's a bit shit today. I yeah. mean, this would be a great barbecue beer. Yes. I'm going straight in there with that. Yeah, I will, um, I will already sign off on that. I think it'd make a fantastic summer barbecue unbelievably good it's, I think it's a good talking point as well I mean I say it's just Kenya I mean, it seems to have a bit of heritage to it yes um, I'll tell you what I've been looking at recently actually because I knew this was coming up I tried to get hold of a Tosca t-shirt you mm. know like you've got your um, I can't oh Hinano one mm. now this is probably one of my favourite bottle favourite looking bottles yeah I'd quite like a Tosca t-shirt but they're not cheap to get hold of no. um, but I'm going to work on it I will have one. Um, I think it'll look cracking. Uh, so, yeah. So, Tusker's been... Tusker's existed since... Well, 
it's it's probably officially existed since 1923, but was actually being the label of say 1922. Oh, right. And the reason for that is the brewery was set up. So it was the um, uh, originally it was Kenya Breweries that was founded, and this was the beer they made. And then uh, it didn't really have a name until a year later, the company's first annual annual general meeting. Um, there was a very notable omission. So the actual founder of the company, of the brewery, a uh, guy by the name of George Hurst, um, wasn't there. And do you want to know why he wasn't there? Was he in prison? No, he was dead. And he'd been killed by an elephant um, on, a, on a hunting trip, basically. And this elephant had had him and, and killed him. So, uh, so what happened was his brother... Charles, um, Charles Hurst, then decided to name the beer Tusker. At the AGM, is this? Yeah, right. in honour of his brother. Did they previously know about him having been killed? Or was yeah, I don't like, think it was a big announcement. By the way... big news at the AGM? Yeah, sorry, George can't make it, he's dead. Um, it's more a case of, um, you know, he'd obviously died before that. And then he decided to use that to commemorate him and say, we're going to name the beer Tusker. But the more I thought about it, is that not a bit weird? Cause Why would you name it after something that's killed your brother? Yeah. It's a bit odd. But there's nothing there that suggests that there's any sort of memory or any commemoration of his brother's life. More celebrating the animal that actually killed him. That he probably shouldn't have been hunting in the first place. But you say there's nothing there to commemorate. At the top of the bottle it says together forever. As in the mortal words of Rick Astley. <laughs> yeah, together forever, <laughs> drinking Tusker. <laughs> so, yeah, I just thought, well, did he like his brother? Or did everyone just think he was a knobhead? Or perhaps he's celebrating the fact that the elephants got rid of his brother. So, Because the first thing, because obviously the, the, the distinguishing feature of the bottle is the elephant. Yeah. So this is a uh, uh, kind of a um, a celebration of... You know, an animal it's killing his a, brother. He's, killing his brother. It is a bit of an odd concept, isn't it? Yeah. Um, this, interestingly, this is brewed. It says on the bottle in Nairobi, in Kenya. Yes, this, this is, is genuine, genuine beer, and it's um, independently owned. So um, the only thing that's happened is, is the breweries changed names. It used to be Kenya breweries. Now it's changed to East African breweries. That's all right. We'll let them off that. At least it's not AB InBev or you know, no, no, exactly. or the like. Exactly. So, um, yeah, over time, obviously, it's built up a, a strong rep. It's won awards. There's, there's a few types of it. So we're drinking the you know, pretty much bog-standard Tusker. There's a Tusker, like a premium, which is a 5%, which I'd be curious to try. Um, but I don't think that gets exported. And then you have Tusker Light, and then there's a Tusker Cider as well. Tusker Cider? That's Cider, yeah. Um, oh, interesting um, Gassy right. what uh, are your thoughts on it I quite like it I mean I, I remember I was trying to think last time around because um, we drank this was it early on it was before the pod it was well before the pod might have been it, yeah. a, a couple of months before the pod started yeah um, well, I remember liking it I remember being keen on it yeah um, at the time uh, yeah it was, it, I like it I, so I, I think it's I think I think at the time, and through that point, I've kind of looked at it and thought, it's probably the best African beer I've had so far. But then yeah. Jewel Brew came along from Gambia that kind of changed my thinking a bit. Yeah, I so totally agree. coming at it again, 
and I'm drinking, I'm thinking, is it better than Jewel I'm thinking probably not, but it's but it's definitely I would say it's definitely upper tier in terms of the African beers. It's Jewel second was massive. I like Jewel in the reviews, a lot. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, love that one. Didn't did we give that a nine? I think we were close to it. We gave it a high rating. But um yeah, this this for me is sits just below that. Interestingly, I've just tried searching for our initial review of Tosca on the Facebook and it's not there. Weird. So we mustn't have done it. Must not have done. So we've got nothing to We've definitely had this before though. Yeah well, we have, yeah. We definitely 100%. had it. We've not imagined had it. We've no, drunk this before. We have definitely had it. It must have been on one of them early sessions where we yeah. were pissed and I just forgot to do it. Well, it's been available in the UK as of 2008. Right. So that's when it hit supermarkets like Tesco and Sainsbury's, but then it kind of faded away a little bit. But obviously, as you said, there's, play, there's random places where it'll crop up, like budgeons. Yeah. Well, so this is floating it's about. Imported into Croydon. So it's obviously, there must be a market for it. Yeah, so... If you're within the UK and you're a listener, this is this is one of the more gettable beers on the list, I would say. I would presume that we had the initial batch from Beers of Europe or something of the like. Hmm. Um, now, I went to a Budgeons to try and get another bottle of this, because obviously we had the issue with the date. I went to a Budgeons near Altrincham on my way over from work one day, and they didn't have it. Um, so I presume it, Budgeons must be franchised, and that must have been a local... Maybe there's a Kenyan community in Brighton, I don't know. Maybe. It's the first I've heard about it. Well, yeah. So, I don't know. It's bizarre that it happened to crop up. Well, I said I was pleasantly surprised. I think Efes was the other one that I got mm. while I was there. I can't remember. Do you want to know a little bit about Kenya? I'd love to. Um, right, here's what I've got. So, Kenya itself isn't a very old country. Not particularly old. Kenya itself um, is named after Mount Kenya. So Mount Kenya was within Kenya before it was actually Kenya. Does that make sense? Yeah, why was it called Mount Kenya when it wasn't in Kenya? Because Mount Kenya came before Kenya. So Kenya, for a long time, was just a region of East Africa. Right, okay. So imagine Norwich. Yeah. Yeah? So Norwich is in East Anglia. Yeah. But Norwich doesn't exist. It's there, but it has no name. It's just, it's just East Anglia. Or a part of East Anglia. Right. And then someone came along and decided to call it Norwich. I'm but in this case, um, Mount Kenya was given its name um, because Kenya translates in, in Swahili as shine. So it's described as the mountain that shines. So that's where Mount Kenya got its name. And then because of the land around it, that then became and ultimately became called Kenya. Right. But that didn't happen until um, the 1920s. Really? Not far off the time when Tusker wow. came on the scene. And then you have to go fast forward to 1963 before Kenya itself becomes a proper country, an independent country. Wow. And you can blame, blame us Brits again for that. Right, okay. So apparently One it was of quite them situations. A, it was quite a, right. Yeah, so we obviously, it was, a, it was a British colony and then they got a bit ugly and we probably right. probably move on. Yeah, I think that's the last. This sort of current point in time, it's probably the last thing we want to be talking about. Is, it um, is, yeah, we don't want to be getting. We don't want, down not touching that, that no. with a barge pole. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, they have their independence. Uh, can you? Uh, how well do you know the Kenyan flag? Do you know the Kenyan flag? Uh, red, white, green, black. I've got it in my head. Yes, not in that order, but yeah. 
Has it got a triangle on it? No. So Kenyan flag. So and, and what I like about this flag, so they've had the flags since they're independent, right? And every aspect of the flag tells a story. Oh, go on. So the top, you've got a black stripe across the top, which represents the people. You have a red stripe in the middle, which yep. represents blood. It's obviously like bloodshed or whatever, or sacrifice for independence. Then you have the green at the bottom, yep. which is their natural wealth. So things like you know, nature and all the animals and all of that, the land. And then the white bars in between those, in between your black, red and the green, you've got white bars that represent peace. Right. Um, slightly iffy, they've symbolised that with white, but it's their flag, they designed it. That's not my, none of my business. Yeah, we're, as we said, we're not getting we're not, down We're that. not touching that. Yeah. We're not qualified. Yeah. And then you have a shield and the spears poking from behind it. And yeah, that's quite funky, isn't it? And that represents the um, Maasai um, people who are kind of like a, well, not a warrior tribe is the wrong word but they're, they're the, the, the tribes yeah so the, the Maasai are indigenous people who live um, within the national reserve so obviously Kenya has a lot of this protected um, land and they essentially are the people there's about half a million of them total um, that live within, within the land but they're not totally they're kind of nomadic, a bit like um, so they don't they don't necessarily have um, a way of life, say like like we do, but they do um, integrate themselves a little bit in terms of you know they trade livestock and things like that, and so they right. do have they'll drink Tusker for example, they'll know what Tusker is. Then they're not completely cut off from the world. They're not like Amish. No, not Amish or like the sort of. Um, uh, like Mongolians, where they're totally like nomads, and they don't—they do have some sort of roots, and there is something there to it. Um, so that's the flag, right? Uh, really nice thing that ties into alcohol. So Kenyans obviously like a drink because Tusker is very widely drank there, very very popular. It's it's got a huge huge identity. The nation loves it. So, um, Kenya has a very, what I would call a beefy hangover cure. Um, and I don't mean like gravy. I mean like, um, so, then uh, we have to thank the Maasai people for this. So, supposedly, when the, um, the elders have a big session, so obviously knocking back the tuskers, whatever else they're drinking, they would, uh, to, to sort of deal with the after effects, they would drink cow's blood. Wow. And that supposedly hit the spot. So that's like the Kenyan Alka-Seltzer. Wow. It's just basically nailed down some cow's blood, and then you're good to go. Jesus. So you've got two options, haven't you? You've got, you've got hair of the dog or blood of the cow. <laughs> I wonder if that's what it's known by over there. Maybe. Like blood of the cow. What to have more? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Indians wouldn't be a fan of that, would they? No. Bit of a tricky subject. If, you know, if we were on the... Kingfisher episode yes. mixed in with Tusker, those two would not be going hand in hand. So the barbecue, anyway. barbecue have settled on fantastic yes. barbecue beer. Yeah, this is up there with the best barbecue beers. Yes, looks the part. Nice to tell you, mates. Oh yeah, it'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Good talking point. I might try and get hold of some of these. Actually, really suits the hot weather. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, a nice and light, good session. Yeah, great session yeah. without doubt. Yeah. Now, ambassador's reception. I'd be tempted to say maybe 
I think this would make a good ambassador's beer. Because it is... It, it's like an everyman sort of beer, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like sort of cheap shit or... No, it doesn't. No, it, it feels... Um, it feels... Out of all the continental beers that we've had, I think this is... It just looks good, doesn't it? It looks the part. It seems to have... Like, people sort of vaguely know about it. Um, like, weirdly, I prefer Jewel Brew to this, but... Yeah. But if I'm the ambassador and I've got the dignitaries and whatever that I've got to provide a beer for, yeah. I would probably go with this. This is a safer pair of hands. It looks better, doesn't it? Yeah. Jewel Brew. Jewel Brew is more of a common man beer. Yeah. I prefer it. But this is kind of a bit more Maybe we're talking bollocks. Flat, I always talk bollocks, but yeah. maybe this this kind of feels more of that's something more that you would present to anyone. It's quite weak, isn't it? So people aren't gonna get pissed. No, in a in a massive. No one's going to be go crashing through a no, uh, pyramid of. Yeah, the pyramid of Ferrocho would likely be safe. Yeah, and no one be falling through it. I mean, you you could probably make a good fountain of Tusker. Yeah, you know, quite easily, cheaply. You could have like your little cocktail glasses, and you could have Tusker pouring down. It'd be great to have this on draft, wouldn't it? A good draft. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to have this on draft. I'd be curious to seek out that five percent one. Could you imagine the draft pump in a pub? Being in the shape of an elephant with like yellow surrounds with Tusker across the oh, top. That'd be incredible. With an elephant, and then the tap is like it's the top the of the elephant's trunk. Could you Mind imagine blowing. that? Mind blowing. They are missing a serious trick with If that. they're not already doing that, they should be. There's a serious trick being missed here. Yes. You could have like literally, you wouldn't even have to have just the head. You could have the whole elephant, like its arse, would be sort of protruding out into the bar. Yeah. And then its head would sort of be the font where it goes up and then it'd pour out of the out of the trunk I'm going to get in touch with Tusker and suggest this to them it's a beautiful image I think there's head. there's something going wrong here that that's not happening they are on Facebook as well so I'm going to contact them now so obviously Kenya um, is very famous for long distance running it is indeed. like they are absolutely yeah. elite when it comes yeah, to long distance are. running but do you think that I mean i I I'd struggle to name a few off the top of my head because there's just so many. Every Olympics, there's just so many of them. Yeah. I can never nail down and, and remember one or two. But do you think they would drink this or do you think they would be so disciplined, so committed to their craft and being skinny as fuck and running really far well, to I drink don't, that? I think, think they'd just... I think they'd drink it. I don't think they care because they're running constantly that much, aren't they? But mind it, they must burn off ridiculous amount of exactly. calories they don't need to be worrying about you could burn like that. you could burn one of them off in the morning easily they don't need to worry I mean when you see Mo Farah on these adverts for um, meat free meat corn yeah um, you know good protein I mean what a load of bollocks what an old absolute load of bollocks he doesn't need to be worrying about stuff like that no but he's just this is a lifestyle choice isn't yeah it? but anyway shall we rate it I think we'll rate it um Okay, so... Uh, what was the last episode we did in person, by the way? Can you remember? It might have been the first one of this series. Wow. So this is going to be the first fingers we've done in probably about three months. I haven't seen your in fingers person. in the flesh for a long time. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Sight for sore eyes. Right. Okay, you ready? Yeah, fingers it is. All right. Okay, ready? Three. Oh, I have to think about what I gave Jewel Brew, because I think that'll factor into why I rate this. I think that was a nine. Off the top of my head. 
Well, mm. might have even been more, to be honest with you. No, I don't think it was. Right, okay, right. I'm just thinking how I rated it. Right, okay. Yeah. Right, I'm ready. Okay, right. ready? Yep, ready. Three, two, one. Oh, unanimous. Both gone for eight. Yep. Nice and simple. Easy. Well, it doesn't get easier than that. Um, yeah, so again, if you're in the UK, um, Tusker's pretty ready available. You can buy it online. If you happen to be in a, a, a Budgeons in Brighton, you can probably find it there as well. Yeah. Right by um, the train station. Lovely stuff. Right, we'll be back shortly with beer number two. And we're back. Beer number two. Uh, I'm just going to hand straight over to Mark because he has the pronunciation better than, than I have. Go on. Chunihivska. From Ukraine. From Ukraine, indeed, yes. 4.8%. Again, half a litre bottle. We've got to share it. We've only got one. Um, where'd you get it from, Mark? Now, this, really interestingly, came from the ambassador in Ukraine. The UK's <laughs> ambassador in Ukraine. How good is that? So do we have to say, before we've even tasted it, that it's an ambassador's reception beer because it's come from the ambassador? Now, apparently, he was a bit confused as to why we'd have this beer. Because there are other beers in circulation there that he'd picked before this. So I don't know what to think of it. A lot of people say that. When it's a, when it's someone from a country that we talk to and they say, really? Why is that on the list? And we, we don't have control. Yeah. The list is the list. We didn't create the list. We're just following it. We had this with Finland, didn't we? That was a bit of an odd one. But people, you know, the fashion at the moment is to be drinking like real ales and craft IPAs beers. and all that crap. I mean, we're not into that sort of stuff. We're simple lager folk. We are. Unfortunately, from the scratch map that we've got, near, well, in fact, all of them pretty much have been lagers. So we've been quite lucky in that respect. Yeah. There's a porter in there somewhere and a stout. Yeah. And a couple of alcohol free ones. Yeah. I think, I think there's two. Oh, excuse me. There's two stouts. It's a little bit gassy from the Tusker. Um, should we crack it open? Yeah. But, I mean, the vast majority have been standard lagers. Um, so, yeah. Tuna Hivsky of the Ukraine. In fact, um, no, I must apologise there. If you call it the Ukraine, the Ukrainians will be offended. They, so they it's hate, just Ukraine. It's just Ukraine. It's not the Ukraine. Um, as I learned earlier today, it's Ukraine. There we go. Just pouring out. Socially distanced pint. Cracking. Pretty jump mm. head on it. I mean, to be fair, looks-wise, um, this looks very similar just in the glass to Tusker in terms of just a golden... Mm. It's a brown bottle lager. InBev, so that, there's your first clue. Okay. As to who owns it. It's ingrained on the side, InBev. They don't do that very often, do they? How would you describe the colour of the label? I would, If I had to describe it in one word, I'd say caramac. Yeah, I was going to say beige. But yeah, Karamak is your perfect colour, really. Sort of gold, but like non-metallic gold, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it's got like some funny Ukrainian writing. It's, you can't actually... If you were in Ukraine, you wouldn't know that it's, it was Chernihivska unless you can read Ukrainian. Um, but anyway, 4.8%, it says, since 1988. And it's brewed with passion. So passion's good. We like passion. Um, and you've had a first sip. What do you think? Um, it's a funny one. I mean, it, if I'm just thinking back to the other Eastern European beers that we've had, we've had a couple in cans. I would put this. Oh, it's different. It is. Um, it's all right though. I don't mind it. I wouldn't say it's it's sweet. I wouldn't say it's special by any means. There's nothing about it I'd say that is it stands out. However, as a pint to drink, it's all right. I'd certainly prefer it to say an Urzus 
the Romanian Ur-Zus, one. Urzus. Yeah. Urzus. Yeah. Better than that. Without um, a doubt, yeah. First, off, off the first sort of sip, um, where would I rank it? Uh, Is it better than Baltica? No. Another uh, sip. I mean, obviously, if we're going with the like the sort of localities of it, Baltica is probably going to be its nearest rival, isn't it? I think it has a slightly more interesting flavour than Baltica. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, so and I it's would more say difficult yes. to get hold of as well. I thought this was going to be quite an easy one when we first um, came across it, but evidently it wasn't, so we had to get it sent directly from Ukraine. Um, so, yeah, Ukraine, 33rd most populous country in the world. Um, so it's quite a big country, 40-something million people. Yeah. Kiev is the capital. Yeah. Right, now the beer itself is named after a city called Chernihiv. So they just put this sk on the end, okay. basically, where it was first brewed. It's still brewed there, um, along with a couple of other places, which for some reason I've not written down. I don't know why. Anyway, according to my notes, this is a 4.4% light beer, but it's not. It's actually 4.8%. So the interwebs lied to me. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, right, Ukraine is ranked sixth in the world by the World Health Organization for alcohol consumption. Um, not particularly a beer, but they drink something called Horilka, which is a clear spirit reminiscent of vodka, but it's fl- often flavoured with chilli. So a few years ago, my friend used to... Well, he went through a stage, he's probably talking 10 years or more ago, probably more than that. Um just like as a laugh he'd go like go down the bar he'd get you know he's getting the shots in and he'd get the barman or barmaid to put some chilli sauce in the bottom of a shot of vodka for someone and he did it on me once oh, fuck it it's like it's like acid going down your throat yeah it's disgusting like why would anyone do that but basically they that do. is the national drink of uh, of Ukraine so of the Ukraine they deserve it being called can't the call it the Ukraine, Ukraine. They deserve being called the Ukraine for drinking that shit. <laughs> um, right. The main McDonald's near Kiev Station is the third busiest in the world. I mean, this is some proper facts for you. Can I... I mean, I'm sorry if this spoils anything in your research. And, and if it's not in your research, then I'm, I'm questioning why you didn't look, look into it. Go on. Would a Ukrainian McDonald's sell chicken Kiev? Um. I thought you were going to ask me where the busiest one in the world is. No, I just, I'm just interested in Chicken Kiev. Uh, What's well, Kiev about it? Well, firstly, the busiest one in the world is in Moscow. Have we discussed that before? Well, that come up in a quiz? I it, feel like that's been in a quiz, something I've done during lockdown where that's been in a quiz. <laughs> well, anyway, it's in Moscow. There's so many quizzes. <laughs> right, Chicken Kievs. Funny you should mention Chicken Kievs. Oh, good, I'm glad. Because they're not actually from Ukraine. Of course. Um, they're French. Are they? They are French, yeah. Um, they were um, first marketed for Russian restaurants in the 1800s. Um, so to market them as such, they were called a Kiev. It was just basically just looked at sort of USSR, pick a city out, yeah, and name your chicken after a city. It's like For no it. reason whatsoever, other than just pointing to a map and going, just name it Kiev. Like if they were doing it, say it was Russia doing it for us over here, they'd name it like a, a chicken Birmingham. Chicken Brummy. Or a yeah. chicken Middlesbrough. Or chicken Stoke. Like yeah, it's the same sort of effect, isn't it? It's just ridiculous. Why would you even do that? Um, but I, I quite like a nice chicken Kiev. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, they're, they're fine. It's an easy tea, isn't it? What I like, actually, what I prefer to Chicken Kiev is you can get the little, like, Bernard Matthews does don't they? The little ones with the, the mini ones, the mini yes. Kievs. Yeah. They're better yeah. than having a standard Chicken Kiev. Well, Sainsbury's do a box, I'm sorry, listeners, but Sainsbury's do these <laughs> boxes of cheese and ham Kievs, which are the best. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It's worth going into Sainsbury's for. Um so anyway yeah because a Kiev doesn't exclusively have to have a garlic filling does it you can get I've had cheesy ones before yeah these ones that we have don't cheese and ham nice Um, yeah beautiful give it a go I think I've had them a long time my wife's not keen on things with melted cheese in or on she's not huge on that I thought she was a cheese fan she's a cheese fan but she won't have so she'll have pizza she'll have lasagna but then she won't have cheese on toast she won't have like mozzarella sticks or anything like that <laughs> but any cold cheese you give her she'll eat most does she have it on a burger no that's just weird but I, but me on the other hand I'll have melted cheese on anything but I don't like cheese just as it is no I, I won't melt eat it on anything. if you give me a cheese string I won't eat that I no it has to be on something no but if you melted cheese on a a, a jammy dodger I'd probably eat it yeah I wouldn't be so sure <laughs> <laughs> I had a mate who I lived with um, who, who uh, we, used, we used to live in a house share and he um, he used to melt cheese and everything and he once um, put in you know like one of those oven like baked like fish and bread crumbs or bad fish yeah yeah and he melted cheese on that and uh, I mean we slated him for it but it didn't turn out that bad <laughs> so show. he was an innovator it was before his time yeah, throwing stuff in and then just hope for the best. Yeah. And then call it a recipe. Should we get back on track? Um, sorry, well, we are on track, aren't we? Are we? Right. <laughs> um, Ukraine. There's got two towns that both claim to be in this right the bang centre of Europe. One's called Rakiv, and the other one I didn't write down because I thought I was just going to go with this fact that Rakiv's the centre of Europe. Okay. But it depends on at which points you, you take to right. be locating it as the centre. But anyway, Rakiv has got um, some monument or something that says that that is the centre of Europe. So that would be a good place to have a, a tuna hipsky. You know, if you're sitting outside a, a nice little Ukrainian bar, I'd quite like that. Yeah. Um, With a Kiev. Yeah. Um, what are you thinking? It's not overly gassy, is it? Just thinking about it, compared to Tusker. I'd say, I, I, it, it's a very easily drinkable pint yeah, at the same time, has kind of a little quirky flavour to it. Um, it's actually growing on me more as I drink more of it, you know. I wouldn't say I'm in love with it, but I would drink it. I would drink it again. If it were put in front of me, I'd happily drink it again. Right, Instagram. There is a place um, in Ukraine. I've sorry, I've not got to its location right now. I'm just piss poor. Yeah, um, I can see you look at them. You've got so many notes there. I know. You've covered the, two pages. The best is... Three, actually. Three pages? Yeah, the best is yet to Front come. and back. There's there's good stuff to come. Right, so they've got... There's a place in Ukraine, the Tunnel of Love. Oh. It's a well-known Instagram fodder. Yeah. Right. Um, it's a railway line, but it's seldom used, and it's like, um, it's like a freight line or something. Yeah. They take shit down there. But it's like, it's basically... It's loads of trees, but tunnel. Okay. Because the trains must, like, wipe all the leaves out. And... So the tunnel's made out of trees? Yeah, basically. Right. It's, it's just, like, squared off where the trains must go down, yeah. it, and it's a perfect Instagram. So what do they call the Tunnel of Love? I don't know. 
I was thinking more... I thought people like get proposed and stuff there or whatever. Well, I was thinking it'd be better being called the Love Tunnel, which is a completely different aspect, really. Yeah. Tunnel of Love was a Bruce Springsteen song as well. Not yeah. one of his better-known ones, though. <laughs> but that's, there's, a, there's a place um, in uh, Capri, island off of um, the Amalfi Coast in Italy, and they have the Arch of Love. Right. And that is... Um, that's basically like you have to take a boat trip out to it and it's like a big natural sort of rock formation and you pass under it and it's supposed to be one of them where you go under it and you make a wish. Right. Obviously it makes no difference to your life, but you know. Well, you say that, but um, me and my wife went through it um, on holiday and then uh, a month later, bang, bun in the oven. And that's what we both wished for. We didn't say it out loud, but that's what we both wished for when we went through. Right. So evidently it works then. Yeah, I kind of wish I'd wished for, for Liverpool winning the league, but then hopefully that's coming true anyway. Even if it's got a star next to yeah. it. Yeah, no, I love my daughter. <laughs> um, have you ever been, ever been to Kiev? No. Right, well, just for anyone that happens to be going there anytime soon, make sure you look out for the sculpture, Peeing Colours in Kiev. It's a um, sculpture of four boys pissing, and it's got, I'll show you a picture later, it's got... These lads are standing there like that. I'm simulating pissing. By Todger's way. out. Yeah, cocks out. Proper, and it's even got the loops yeah. of piss going over a seat, so you can sit under these. Are they are they crossing streams or are they all no, going just, directly? They're forward? all straight. Um, four colours, like four bright, like yellow, blue, red, green, or something, something like that. Um, I guess if you drank enough of Sunny Delight of any one type, you could probably change the colour of your piss. You probably could. Yeah. Uh, right, so speaking of being in Kiev, yep. Chernobyl is obviously Ukraine's biggest um, thing that it's known Tourist for. Tourist hotspot. It is indeed, yeah. Now, um, I'd quite like to go being a tourist that I am. So, yeah. right, 1986, nuclear um, disaster. Yeah. Basically, so right, so there's several abandoned towns, uh, main centre of which was uh, Pripyat. Did you watch the program? No, I had it. I had it saved on my skybox, and then never went, never went back to it. I never got around to it. And everyone said it was brilliant. Um, I will watch it at some point. I can't do justice to how good it was. Now, yeah. when I was looking into it earlier today, um, there's one particular moment that I've been trying to find, which. It's probably going to be lost on you now, but I'll be able to show you pictures because I spent an hour this morning going through one of the episodes trying to find it because there is absolutely no chance of finding it online because it's censored, right? Yeah. Now, do you remember years and years ago on EastEnders? Do you watch EastEnders? Uh, I used you? to. Right, now you'll know Trevor, the Scottish guy that used to beat Mo, oh, little Mo. Oh, you eight more. Yeah. You get smacked by the iron. Yes, he did get smacked by the iron. And yeah. then he got um, Little Mo sent to prison. Yes. I think that was on New Year's Eve. That is in my notes somewhere. Right, so he attempted to rape her on New Year's Eve 2001. And she gets wrongfully imprisoned for hitting him round the head with an iron. Um, she ended up getting released. And he then set fire to the house with the intention of killing Mo and, his, and their son, yeah. Sean. Uh, but they got rescued by a neighbour. Um, but as the neighbour was in there rescuing... Must have got them out. Anyway, so Trevor got yeah. burnt in... Well, the house blew up yeah, while... Yeah, with him in it. Him and the neighbour were inside. Yeah. Right, so... Trevor 
So I'm uh, presuming the actor that plays Trevor is in Chernobyl. He's in Chernobyl, yeah. He plays a guy called Andrei Glukov, right? So the the actor himself is called Alex Ferns. He's um, received awards for his portrayal as Trevor, Trevor in EastEnders. Oh, I think and you're also, And also for Chernobyl. He's received BAFTAs for it. Really? He has, yeah. And when you watch it, you will realise why. Because he played the mining crew chief. Yeah. Right, so as um, obviously all the disaster was kicking off, everyone's in denial, like nothing's happening. This is USSR. Yeah. No one's going to, you know, like rule over us. Like, But yeah. anyway, so what they, eventually, obviously, there's radioactive shit sort of flowing over Europe and things start getting sort of sussed out. So they have to own up to it in the end. Uh, when you watch it, you'll realise. So, what they did, they had to um, start enclosing, uh, basically stop making it worse, so they're risking further explosions. So, yeah. what they did, they sent these um, group of three miners, yeah. which were known as the Suicide Crew, um, which we, it's, all this is real life, by the way, yeah, it's yeah. basically a copy. Um, so, what they did, the miners were there digging away to um, release something. I can't remember what. <laughs> I've got it. I've got it here. Right. So basically, they should have you on BBC Four doing these documentaries. I tell you, I can great when I. <laughs> right. So the Suicide Squad weren't actually miners. Right. They went in. They swam through radioactive water uh, to close off some valves to drain off water, which had reduced the risk. Of further explosions, right? So that's the suicide squad. So the miners were then told to dig further down um, again to reduce risks and all that sort of shit. But anyway, it was that hot. Yeah. Um, it was like 50 degrees or something while they were digging by hand, obviously. Yeah. Um, and they weren't allowed to have fans down there because if the fans are like blowing any. I think I know where this is Radioactive. Going. Have you seen the pictures? No, are you going to show me a picture of Trevor from EastEnders' cock? Yeah, Trevor's todger. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I've seen that picture before, I don't have know you? why. I don't You'll know. have only seen the top half, because I swear to God I can't find a fucking picture of it anywhere. <laughs> right, so this morning I went through Sky Go to get this picture of Trevor, Trevor's todger. There we go. Yeah, so I will upload the photo for you. There's background todgers as well. There are background soldiers, and when he's done an interview, yeah. one of the guys in the background was one of his friends, and yeah. he was pissed off because this guy's got a bigger cock. <laughs> so he had a bit of a joke with his mate, and he said, and he's not going to be outdone by this guy. Yeah, but so his cock won a BAFTA. He's just going to be proud of him. You know, he's, I mean, he's, he's not punching there, is he? Let's be honest. He's a big guy as well. He's put on quite a bit of weight since he played Trevor. He's probably a grower, not a shower. Yeah, Um so anyway, so these basically they weren't allowed fans, so they stripped off. Um, and when you watch it, basically the the people who were in charge of controlling the disaster basically said to him like, you know, even if they owned up that even if you put clothes on, it's not going to protect you. Yeah. you know, fucking shit, it's not going to protect you, is it? So there he was. With your I feel like we took a really, really. You went a really, really elaborate route just to show me a picture of Trevor's cock. Yeah, well, I'm just going to put it in front of you so you can. Um, okay, well, I'll just we'll have that look, it's to view for the rest, rest of, of the, the, the episode rest of yeah. the show. So yeah, basically, if you've not watched Chernobyl, um, I will. I will get round to it. Yeah, especially I mean, now. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, the amount of man meat on show. I've yeah, got to, I've got to dive I in. I think you've got to. I mean, before you go back to work, it's got to be done. It's a fantastic program. It's been rated as the best TV program ever produced by you on IMDb. Well, yeah, but that IMDb is just full of people that think Shawshank Redemption is the best one ever made, and it's it's not. It's received like ten out of ten on even on that. Yeah, I'm it, sure it's great. It tells a fantastic story of the people that whose story was never told. Um, I think I bought into it. I mean, stuff like that I don't buy into easily because it takes concentration, but I yeah. really bought into that. It's fantastic. It's really, really good. Um, so that's my Ukraine experience, basically. Well, I've finished my, I've finished my beer. Mm. But um, barbecue, what are you thinking barbecue-wise? Probably not, to be honest with you. No. Doesn't quite doesn't quite no not quite no it's an, it's been a it's it's been a perfectly nice beer but at the same time there's nothing particularly that special about it I would would it, if it were put in front of me again I would drink it but I wouldn't I wouldn't massively go out of my way to get more of it I can't particularly taste the passion that they say that they brew it with well it, it's got an all right aftertaste it's not it's especially sweet. gassy it's different and I like that it is yeah. a bit different. Yeah, and I think when you when you mark it against some of the other Eastern European beers, is it my favourite? No, but I would put it a class above your sort of Urzus, and in my opinion, Kamenica. I think I think it's I think it's better. It's than really those. good. Yeah, I like, compare it to those sort of ones. Yeah, I agree. I think it uh, it doesn't necessarily stand out. It's not special, but it's decent. It's good. I've enjoyed. It. I would. I would. I would have yeah. drank more of it. See, now I've got a bit of a dilemma here for rating. Because I preferred that to Tosca. Really? Yeah, I did. But I wouldn't give it a nine. Um, well, I, well, I guess we're not going to do fingers because you've already put your cards on the table. I was going to give it a seven. I don't know whether it's worth an eight though. It's not worth an eight. So either you, either you, but um, what I'm basically saying to you is you either come down to my level and give it a seven. Yeah. Or, you know. If you really want to bang the tail for seven and a half, you can have seven and a half. <sighs> Let's give it a seven. Yeah. I feel seven's a bit too harsh. It's not harsh. Seven's good. It's good. But eight's a bit too much. Eight is like really good. Eight is the next tier. But I prefer it to Tusker because it's got more flavour to it. We've said before, like six and seven is like you're good to decent. Yeah, it's upper middle. And then when you get into your eights, that's where you get to uh, some of our favourites on the list. And this to be is fair, not... the thing is, as you pointed out, I probably wouldn't have that at the ambassador's reception. No. Or at the barbecue. No. However, I would with Tusker. Yeah. But personally, I preferred the flavour on that one. The f- the f- the fla- the flavour's more interesting on that. Yeah. But if I had something in the fridge and I always wanted to go and grab a as a pack on a nice day, yeah. I would have a Tusker. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Let's mm. Should we do a quick rock, paper, scissors for seven and a half? So wait, so we're basically saying if I, I thought, win it's seven, if yeah. you win it's seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Let's go. Okay. We've overrun massively anyway, until yeah. we're back together again. <laughs> All the discipline that came from Zoom has just gone out the fucking Great, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Plus, on the Zoom ones, I edited them, I edited them down a lot. <laughs> Anyone watch the YouTube videos, they go on a lot longer and there's a lot more shit in them. A lot of pauses and uh. <laughs> we say uh a lot. Do we? Yeah. yeah. You know, it gets so bad, I've edited so many of these now that I can see without even hearing it, I know where the uh is by the actual um, the, the audio wave. 
<laughs> I can just go straight across that and go Brilliant. delete, or I'll just keep one in if it depends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're not we're not natural broadcasters. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. You ready? ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Oh, double paper. We have to go again. Yeah. Three, two, one. Oh, rock beat scissors. So I get seven. Bastard. It's a seven. Uh, okay. Yeah. What? Well, yeah, you can't argue that. Fair it enough. Is, it is what it is. Uh, social media. Where can people find us? At FTLOB Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, yeah. Please follow us, share, like, and all that. And don't forget. We are trying to track down some more beers now. Yes, pint pals. Yeah, please get in touch. Um, we'll be we'll be active on social media. We'll try to be active, more active than we are now. Yeah, we're, we're trying to be point. push up on that at the moment. So we're yeah, doing a we bit better now. Pull a finger out. Yeah, because um, like I say, if there's going to be a series three, it really relies on some of you guys helping us out, and yeah. getting us some beers that we otherwise would have not been able to get hold of. Um, Thanks again for listening. I've been Phil Savory. He's been Mark Kelly Johnson, and we will be back. Uh, we'll have probably one more episode or so to squeeze in this series, I'm sure. So you will hear from us again very soon. Bye bye.